0: Things are afoot at the Circle K. Now, originally Neo was the chosen one to host the show. Hosting is a full-time commitment, and he's been a little distracted lately. Trinity! See what I'm talking about? Listen yes. here, you beautiful bitch. I'm about to fuck you up with some truth. Watch the sass, Captain Sassy Pants. Yeah, you're kind of spazzing out, dude. You haven't answered my question. Yes, I did. You see, what You I'm... haven't answered my... I'm trying. You just need to let me talk. Why, Why am I, I here? shut up you won't let it no you won't let it i'm the one who talks okay mouth shut ears open you haven't you do not want to see me get out of this chair what is up everybody what's going on this is johnny motherfucking doe and you have reached the greatest podcast to broadcast from a spare bedroom In an undisclosed location somewhere in the United States. And I am your illustrious host, Johnny motherfucking Dote. Did I already say that? Okay. You know, I don't have a script. Um, I don't rehearse. I just like crack the mic once a month (laughs) or or once a week whenever I feel like it. And I just start talking into this microphone. And uh, hopefully what comes out on the other end is somewhat digestible. I do appreciate the support. Thank you guys for tuning in and listening to another episode. Um, So let's get into this, guys. So um, it's October 2020. Yeah, it's been a hell of a year so far. Um, Yeah, Johnny, let's not just uh, do the stereotypical talk politics, coronavirus, Trump dying of the coronavirus, all that good shit. Uh, Nancy Pelosi. Uh, the election coming up, debates, all that. And, you know, you've been beaten over the head with that shit enough. And, of course, I have opinions about that. But most of my avid listeners already know what my opinions are on all that shit. So let's bring it back, okay? One thing that I I think that we all should focus on uh, from time to time is realize that really no matter what happens in the election, uh, the world's not coming to an end. Um, no matter what happens to the coronavirus with the coronavirus, most of us are going to be okay. Um, it's the other stuff that we got to worry about. Now we have little control over what the government's going to mandate or not mandate, um, what the economy is going to be doing, all that stuff. But you have to, uh, focus on the important things. And what is that, Johnny? What the fuck are you talking about? Well, um, Instead of focusing on what we can't control, let's go ahead and bring it back to what we can control. Our decisions and uh, maybe reprioritizing things uh, in our lives. So what I've been choosing to do is, uh, well, you know, focus on something outside of my comfort zone. Um, you've heard me on this podcast talk about personal growth, personal growth challenges. Um, I really haven't done a hard personal growth challenge uh, this year because I feel like the entire year is one big personal growth challenge. That sounds like a cop out, but <clears throat> one thing I did want to talk about is uh, some of my future endeavors um, outside of the uniform. Most of you already know that I am a active duty servicemen, but I have fantasies of getting the fuck out, uh, because I'm one of those people that, uh, yeah, I'm, you know, the, uh, the, the army experience is wearing thin on me 14 years into it. And, uh, people are like, Oh, Johnny, you're stupid. If you don't try to stay in long enough to see a retirement. And I say, you're stupid for thinking that way. Um, well, let's break it down let's let's try to figure out who's stupid here okay so let's back it way 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 up okay um and let's talk about johnny as a little as a little man okay little johnny growing up in the midwest in a city called kansas city missouri home of the championship kansas city chiefs go Chiefs um, their game got canceled this week because the coronavirus um apparently killed the other team. So, anywho, um, so little Johnny growing up in Kansas City, uh, mom and dad got divorced when I was five. Feel free to fast forward if you've heard this again, but I'm just gonna recap some stuff. You know, okay, I'm prefacing what I'm going to be talking about. It's so little Johnny, at 5 years old, no dad, he's out of the picture. Really the last time I talked to my father was when I was 5. Last time I saw him was when I was 5. Um growing up, being raised by a single mother, lived with my grandparents for like 9 years until my mom got on her feet we moved into some government housing, not the worst neighborhood, not the best best neighborhood. But I had very let me hmm, how can I say this? limited potential. Now, why do I say that? Well, I didn't have any of the tools that you would normally that you would normally associate with someone that's going to be a future success. And let me elaborate. Um I had no confidence. I had very little talent in anything. I had very little work ethic, desire. Um, I didn't have anybody in my family that achieved greatness, like, uh, you know, went to college, started their own company, was successful, wealthy, any of that stuff. I had a lot of adults that were just grinders in my life. You know, hardworking, but they, you know, for every step forward, sometimes they took two steps back. And I just thought that's what life was. My mom raised me to um, obviously pay my own bills and stuff, but hey, uh, little Johnny, you're probably never gonna be rich, so don't be afraid to charge things on credit cards uh, and and dying in debt. and that And that was kind of established from an early age. I did not excel in school. I had a learning disability, uh, and I don't want to. I hate uh, bringing that up over and over, Uh, but I think it's relevant because it it is um, one of the reasons why I lacked a lot of confidence because there are certain things I just could not wrap my brain around because um, of my dyslexia. I I, and I was convinced that I was stupid. One of the reasons I was convinced of that is because teachers endlessly told me that I was stupid. And I don't want to say every teacher. I would say 75% of them. I had some cool teachers that, that saw something else in me. Um, they saw past some of the me cracking jokes and not turning in my homework and stuff. But I don't, you know, I look back and I go, do I really blame those teachers that, you know, you got some kid that doesn't turn in his homework. Um, he, uh, you know, has his head down in class. He doesn't want to answer anything. Um, he cracks jokes, he doesn't take things serious. I mean, can you blame that teacher for not liking that kid? Yeah, yeah, you can fucking blame that teacher, okay? How about that? Yes. Yes, you can. You know why? Because I was a teacher for two years and I never treated a kid like that. I never one time just gave up on a fucking kid, especially if he just didn't turn in his homework and, he, and I identified that he lacked confidence. Okay, so fuck you to all you teachers that gave up on me. Fuck you with a giant, giant fire-breathing dragon dick, right in the ass, right up in there. <laughs> okay, so um, sorry, you know that uh, that was kind of a half-hearted, uh, half-hearted, hardy. I don't know. It could be hardy, half-hearted attempt at uh, acting like I was still uh, had some angst about. It. I really don't. I don't blame them, but I don't give them a free pass either. It is what it is, okay? Um, So I didn't play many sports. The few sports I played, I either got cut from the team or I got benched. Um, I didn't have a a ton of friends. I don't want to say I didn't have any friends because I had some good friends. Um, But the, the moral of this story is this. When I was starting in adulthood, I had absolutely no notion that I was really going to make anything of myself because of how I grew up. Uh, Anybody out there that grew up poor um, with not a lot, it's, it's more about survival. You don't really plan for the future. All you're trying to do is live day by day and pay your bills, try not to get fired from your job, so on and so forth, right? So I never really lived an intentional life where I put a lot of thought into hopes and dreams. I just kind of lived day by day. Not that I didn't have hopes and dreams. I just didn't understand how to turn those hopes and dreams into goals and to achieve anything. Okay. So I never grew up with this idea of, um, you got to play it, play it safe. I always thought every you know, every opportunity that I have, who knows when it's going to go away. Um, so you got to make the most of it, but you can't be tied to any one thing. I got my first couple jobs, they got laid off because the companies went out of business. Um, you know, so I, I, I bounced around job to job quite a bit. Um, especially in my, uh, younger days and and i had a lot of jobs i, I didn't really didn't have any careers i had some jobs that could have turned into careers but i just did, wasn't in that mindset so you know how what does this have to do with me retiring from the military or, or trying to finish my 20 well um you know i got my first really good job that i got when i was in my early 20s was uh, i worked for a manufacturer called general mills you know the third Largest manufacturer of food products in the world. They make things like uh, you know flour and bisquick and cereal and all that other shit. Well, I worked in the bisquick division. And it was a pretty good job, really good benefits, good retirement, pretty good pay, all that stuff. But I wasn't happy. I had things, other things that I wanted to pursue, and I felt like that this job was kind of stifling me in a lot of ways, and. People would always say, oh, you're never going to quit this job because it, it was a hard job to get. A lot of people kill for that job. There's a lot of stability. And uh, long story short, I did quit that job because I didn't like the idea that it was it was going to turn me into somebody that just gives up on my hopes and dreams and I'll just play it safe for 20 years or 30 years or whatever, Um, and I chased and I pursued my dream to be a comic book artist and to um, be a freelance illustrator and just draw for a living and, and use my creativity. Now, like I said before, I didn't have a lot of talent, didn't have the, I had a pretty good work ethic by this point, but I really didn't have a lot going for me and I didn't have a lot of smarts when it came to understanding the industry understanding how to start it correctly and and um i really didn't have any mentors i just was figuring it out as i as i went and so ultimately when you look back you can definitely say that you know i achieved some stuff i uh, i got some work i you know made a little bit of money here and there but it wasn't a successful career and um, one could easily say that I gambled and I lost because I left a great job with great money, pay and benefits. And I left it for a shot. And that shot didn't pay off. Now, you could have that opinion. But I would say that your opinion is misguided. Or even wrong. Not that I was super successful or that it paid off in the end. But I do believe that life is more about experiences than anything else. Now, if you're somebody out there that's married and has kids and you got a couple mortgages and car payments and stuff like that, your your life is different. Um, and your your choices will reflect that you can't always take big chances, right? And that's always been my fear in life is playing it too safe. Because you see those stories in the news as well as people you know, contribute the max amount to the 401k and plan their retirement and just for a Bernie Madoff type person to steal all your 401k and retirement underneath your nose, even though you played it safe you end up crapping out of life and all your hard work was for nothing. And uh, I always thought, you know, if I die broken, penniless, you know, there's a saying, I say that that's uh, great timing and a hell of a budget, you know, instead of looking at it as tragic, I tend to look at it as, hey, you know, I don't have any kids, Uh, even if I did have kids, who gives a shit about leaving them an inheritance? They need to work for everything they got, just like everyone else does, or a lot of people do. Um, and there's worse things than spending all your money, and uh, and and dying without, a, 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 didn't amass a fortune. My goal in life was always to have great stories. That's it. Not stupid stories. Not drunken debauchery stories, not going to jail stories, not, not uh, th- things of regret, but stories of trying new things and stories of things uh, pursued and not always um, correctly and not always victorious in everything that I tried and then learning from those things and then maybe later applying them. And when I was pursuing my art career, I started my own little art studio half-heartedly, half-assed, um, lost a lot of money, and definitely didn't do it right. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. And uh, I always thought in the back of my mind, one day I would really like to make the entrepreneurial uh entrepreneurial endeavor more of a reality and give it another try because I don't think I really gave it a try I think I just half-assed it I didn't know what I was doing so you know later I joined the military for those same reasons of I quit my art career and I wanted to pursue something that was a little bit more fulfilling uh the country was at war with two different countries. A lot of people getting deployed. There was a lot of controversy about those wars and I felt like I'm an able-bodied person. I need to put my pen and my brush down and go do something that's a little bit more fulfilling and not just live a life of uh, doing what I want and not making any sacrifice. I wanted to feel like that I was being benefiting from not other people's sacrifice, but I want to feel like that I had a part to play in making a sacrifice as well. And so it was a no-brainer when I decided in my um, 30s to join the military. And I have no regrets in doing it. It's provided me with a lot of great opportunities, a lot of great experiences, uh, some things that I'll never forget, you know, some bad memories And experiences as well, but not bad in the way of like regretful, just hard things that end up probably shaping me for the better as well. But I feel like, especially in the last couple of years, that I've been spinning my wheels and everything that I sought out to do in the military, I've done. And... Because, you know, I don't have these grandiose dreams of trying to make it to some high, super high rank, um, retiring with all these all this money and benefits or, you know, working at the Pentagon or, you know, doing certain things that some people, they, they're seeking in their military career. At this point, I'm staying in the military because it's a job. It provides for me and my family. But really, no more than that. And I think to myself, man, you know, this isn't what I joined the military for. And I'm not if I'm not passionate about it, then maybe maybe I need to reignite that passion and try to find something else I want to do. I recently re-enlisted for three more years. So I got at least two more years on my contract now. Um and when my contract's done, I'll have 16 years in. <coughs> and you got to do 20 to see any kind of retirement. I am promotable next year, and but uh, to a pretty high rank, especially for how long I've been in. And it's very easy. Um, it's It'll be a very... It won't be hard for me after my 20 years to make it to the highest enlisted rank. It's it's extremely doable since I only have two more to go. But I don't want that. That's not what I'm trying to pursue. It's not something that... Um, it's It's not something... that I ever sought out to do. You, you gotta really believe in what you're doing. And so what I tend to think about is, well, those four years, I've already wasted a couple of them. Anxiety filled, stressful years doing something that uh, it's not the funnest job in the military. It's not very rewarding and uh, I've accomplished everything I can accomplish in that job. Now I know what you're saying. Oh, well, you know, go do a different job in the military and I do have opportunities to do that but there's really nothing else that interests me and most other jobs I'm going to have to move for and and I really don't want to move again. So that brings me to my overarching philosophy is you know pursuing pursuing what you truly want to do in the moment well let me back up first seeing things through to their logical conclusion not not quitting but seeing things through to their logical conclusion meaning once you've got everything out of something that you can you you can't ever if you if you try to say don't ever quit anything well then you're going to work at McDonald's for the rest of your life because there's certain things that are stepping stones they're not destinations and most things in our lives are stepping stones hell think about the first 5 girlfriends that you had guys are those destinations or were they stepping stones they were they were practice relationships so you can get better at the next one. And even though you weren't intending them to be practice relationships, that's what they all are. If you meet some kid right now at 14 years old, you know that he's going to have a dozen relationships before he really has a really good one because you have to learn about relationships. So when they meet their quote unquote love of their life at 15 years old, you don't really take them serious that that's the love of their life. You know it's a stepping stone. Okay, so they're not quitting. They're just they're just sticking with it until it's log until you need to end it logically, saying I can't get anything else out of it. See it through till it's logical conclusion. And I think I've done that with the army. I'm pretty sure. So if there's other desires and other things I want to do, it's my life. Why can't I do that? If I'm not, you know, if if I can finish out my contract and still do something else, who am I hurting? So I don't get a retirement after 20 years. Who gives a shit? Why do you care? Why does anyone care? I'm not asking you to pay my bills. Um, even if you live, listen to this podcast, it's not, uh, it, it doesn't put any coin in my pocket. So if I'm not asking anybody from anything, why do people care so much? Well, like I said, most people put themselves in the shoes of they're afraid of doing something in their life that they're going to later regret. I don't have a lot of regrets in my life, but I do have a lot of regrets of the things that I haven't done. You know, there's a saying, it's better to regret what you've done than what you haven't done. And uh, I don't have a lot of regrets what I've done because even if it didn't work out, I think I, I learned a lot from it. Remember what I said about I started my own business and it kind of I fell flat on my face, lost a lot of money. Well I learned a lot from that. And so one thing I learned um, over the years is I don't know that I could go to another job, start another career at the bottom, work my way up and um, one of the things that's frustrating me the most about my job currently is, I'm sick of working for people that I deem idiots. I'm sick of working for people, especially in the military, because it's all based on rank. If someone outranks you, they could have zero knowledge or qualifications um, in, in, in certain experiences, and just because they've been put in that duty assignment and position, they have authority over you. And it's it's asinine, Um And it's very frustrating and I've been dealing with it for for many years now. Now, most of the time in the military, the people that are over you, they do have more experience and knowledge, but uh, in the field that I'm in right now, that's not necessarily the case. And so I kept thinking to myself, well, why would I get out just to go work in the civilian side for somebody that's the equivalent, essentially the same thing. And I came to the conclusion that, hey, I need to, Try that again, that whole being an entrepreneur. And well, it's 2020 and so I don't get a lot of support. People think I'm stupid for wanting to start a business in 2020. (coughs) Excuse me. First off, let me say this. I'm not starting the business in 2020. Like I said, I got two years left on my contract. So in the meantime, I need to learn a little bit about business. What are you going to do, Johnny? How are you going to learn? You're going to go to college? You're going to take some business courses? You're going to try to get an MBA? No, none of those things. I'm definitely not going to take a college course. I don't believe in uh, learning business from somebody that went to school to be a teacher. I'd rather learn business from somebody that's actually had a business. Okay? So there's tons of entrepreneurs on YouTube, on YouTube. you know, through networking, uh, online, uh, other websites, blogs. There's lots of information out there. Now, it's not all gonna apply perfectly, but here's my point. Um, you have to acquire as much information as you can from sub- subject matter experts and then apply it, and uh, then there's a lot of trial and error, and you can't be afraid to fall flat on your face. My education is going to be through trial and error, and what better time to try it than kind of part time while I'm while I still have another full time job or career, and it's going to be twofold. One, it'll get me my valuable experience that I need. Two, it will. Um, I'll have all my trials and tribulations um, of of trying to start a business. Um, while still having the safety net of another job. And three, if you can't make it work, um, if you can't find the time to do it part-time, then you're probably not passionate enough to do it full-time. It's a good way to kind of dip your toe in and learn and try to see what, if it's even a viable option. And the bonus thing that I wanna say is, you know, let's say nothing changes and I start my business and it's still coronavirus time and and uh, high unemployment numbers, you know, uh, the economy has crashed, and you're thinking to yourself, Johnny, that is the dumbest time to fucking piss away your government job and go into the private sector starting a new business, especially when most businesses fail, and then they're definitely You know, when they have all these restrictions and high unemployment and a lot of big successful businesses are going out of business, why the fuck would you start a business then? Well, guess what? I don't know. (laughs) I don't have all the answers. Now, here's my philosophy. You know, if you've ever played the stock market, you don't invest when everybody's making money, when the stock market's high, because it has nowhere to go but down. And that's where most people go wrong: is they go get into the stock market when uh, everybody's making money. They buy some stocks. They go up just a little bit, and then all of a sudden the stock market crashes. People freak out and pull all their money out. And though them pulling their money out is them selling those stocks to the truly wealthy, intelligent people that buy all those stocks from them when it's at their lowest, knowing that in five months, ten months five years, 10 years, that they're going to make all that money back and then some. They're playing the long game. Sometimes you got to go in when it's down and there's not a lot of money to be made. There's not a lot of people that believe in that investment opportunity. And then you, it might turn into something. Well, I, I believe the same thing uh, in a bad economy. That's the perfect time to start a business. So uh, take take a ride with me here. Just uh, you know, we're going to go on a little thought experiment. Okay, if we have a booming economy, uh, the economy's fucking fantastic, and everybody has lots of money in their pocket, all kinds of extra spending, and you open up, let's say, a handbag company where you're making very niche handbags for certain um, demographics. Now, when people have all kinds of extra money, they might not need a handbag, but they want your handbag. And so they people are buying handbags hand over fist. But as soon as the market crashes, it reveals those businesses that really weren't that good to begin with Didn't have a very good business plan, business model, strategies, economic plan. And all those people that were buying handbags stopped doing it because they're losing money. Uh, They lost their job. Maybe they took a demotion. And the first thing they get rid of isn't their car payment, light bill, phone bill. They're not going to buy these handbags that they never needed to begin with. And so now you're floundering because for the last two, three, four years, you have had a business model that was based on a false premise. And that premise was, I can sell these handbags to these people not understanding what your true market potential is. So subsequently you're gonna lose money and maybe go out of business. Now if you can start a business when the economy's way down, then you have to think about it differently and you have to really target um, the people that will be buying your product and you really have to figure out is this a product that people are at least going to think I can't do without it or I really want it enough that even in a low economy, they're going to be purchasing your product or service. And if you can figure out a way to do that, Well, then when the economy rebounds, then your business is really going to take off. And really, that's what most uh, successful entrepreneurs do, is in a low market, all they try to do is break even. And then all their profitable years are when the market's up. And then when the market crashes again, all they do is try to keep their head above water long enough for the market to recover. The worst thing I could do is have a very high, uh, a very strong market. And that's when you start your business and you're barely keeping your head above water. Well, if that's the best it's gonna get and you got nowhere to go but down, you're just, it's 100% determined you're gonna fail. And so you have to look at it as an investment in the sense of I'm just gonna spend all this money instead of buying a car or vacation or something. I'm just going to use it to get my education in business. And yeah, I'll make some mistakes, but let me make some mistakes on a part-time basis with little uh, little to no risk. And um, especially when people are hurting. And so you can really try to figure out strategies, finances, uh, marketing, and, and learn um, when there's stiff competition. That's the best time. If you're playing with a bunch of all-stars on your basketball team, it's going to it's gonna rise your level of play. But if you are already really good and you're playing with a lot of terrible people, then you're never going to grow. Okay, so... Um, or if you're terrible too, you're definitely not going to grow. You're not going to be challenged. You're not going to be forced to get better. So that's what i'm thinking that i want to do and it definitely goes into the realm of a personal growth challenge because like i prefaced this podcast before or earlier uh you know i'm not the smartest guy in the world i don't have a college degree i went to college i just didn't graduate um i don't have a lot of experience in this kind of thing and in these endeavors and I've spoke with a bunch of friends about different business ideas and stuff. And most of them, uh, you know, I w I don't want to say unsupportive. They're just, uh, warning you, um, how difficult it is. And I have no notions that it's anything but that. Um, I understand that no matter what you do, it's, it's, it's going to be difficult, but, I also know that the things that I'm proud of the most in my life are the things that I've um, attempted knowing how difficult they would be. And then when I accomplished them, it felt really good um, and I felt very fulfilled. I haven't got very much, very many good feelings from things that seem like that they're easy. You know, just running up, doing a layup with nobody guarding you, there's nothing to celebrate over. When you hit the game-winning three when you're double-teamed, now that feels good. So that's why I would um, start to tread down this path of exploration of trying to start my own business or trying to do something a little bit outside the box where I have a little bit more control and um, I don't feel like I'm pissing away my time investing it to other people that don't appreciate how much you bring to the table. Put your money where your mouth is, right? That's the saying and and I'm kind of looking forward to attempting to do that. Doesn't mean I'm gonna be successful. Um, but in the same token, you can say I will be hundred percent successful because it depends on what your goal is. Is my goal to learn something? Yeah, but I, I I'm not going to lie. My goal is to actually be able to sustain and uh, build it into something. Not, you know, you don't want to go into it going, hey, I'm just trying to learn something, and because you already have that mentality of failure is is an option. So I got to be very careful of that. But the last thing I'm gonna say is, um, I just don't wanna play it safe in my life. There's times you gotta play it safe. There's times that you have to, to do that. Okay. There's, there's something in, uh, in the infantry, um, different battle drills that you practice and that you rehearse. And one of them is called um, bounding, bounding overwatch. When you're doing bounding overwatch, you have... Um, I mean, you can have a team, a squad. You could have just two people. But I'll use it as, as um, you know, you as an individual. When you're doing bounding overwatch, you are moving up to the next um, cover and concealed position. Hopefully, it's cover, and not concealment. Cover stops bullets, concealment doesn't. So, let's say you're hiding behind a rock. And then you say... I got you covered. And your buddy can now move up to the rock in front of you. In the meantime, you're shooting at the bad guys, keeping their heads down, so your buddy can move with impunity. So he can move freely without worrying about a volley of bullets coming his way. So you are doing what's called suppressive fire. And then he says, uh, I got you covered. And then you say, Moving, and you start moving while he shoots at the bad guys to keep their heads down. And you slowly, incrementally get closer and closer to the bad guys until you can, you're can, you close enough to run another battle drill to actually um, destroy the enemy. Now, in that scenario of bounding overwatch, there's times that you're assaulting Ford, and then there's times where you're taking cover hiding from the bullets, reloading your weapon, and then assessing when your partner can move safely as you hail a volley of bullets at the bad guys to cover um, and give him an opportunity to safely bound to a position forward of yours. And so that's a good analogy of life is sometimes you are taking cover. Sometimes you're just keeping the enemy's head down, but sometimes you're assaulting forward quickly, fast, and you know that you have to make as much ground as you can because you're about to take cover again. You might get pinned down. You might run out of ammunition if you don't time it correctly and uh, bound correctly. You don't wanna expose yourself too long, but you don't wanna stay hunkered down behind a rock for too long either. So timing and more than anything, understanding what your role is at each particular time. For instance, when you're bounding, when you're running, you're not shooting. You have what's called an unstabilized platform. You cannot accurately shoot while you're running at full speed. Try it, it's not easy. It's damn near impossible. But when you are taking a knee behind a rock, you can actually use pretty accurate fire and uh, you're also uh, doing it safely because you can control the weapon a lot better and control yourself because you're not moving. So understanding what your primary job is at each position is extremely important in all tactics in the military. Well, you have to look at your life as a tactical situation as well and knowing when to cover, when to move, uh, when to shoot, when to reload. There's other, uh, another term when you're talking about battle drills in the infantry, it's called breaking contact. Breaking contact just simply means, well, essentially you're bounding backwards. You're, you're, You are covering your guys so you can disengage the enemy. And you would do this for various reasons. Maybe the enemy is too heavily fortified. Maybe you don't know exactly where they're at. Maybe uh, they have too many numbers and you have too few. Maybe the distance of travel is too great and there's not very much cover and concealment, so you can't... Uh, run any battle drill and be able to close the distance without exposing yourself um, you know too long you know obviously if they're on one side of the football field and you're on the other and it's just a big open field you'll want to just run for a hundred yards at the enemy they just have a free shot right so in that circumstance you might just want to break contact but a lot of people go okay breaking contact means you're retreating no it's not Okay, breaking contact is you're going back and you are reconsolidating your ammo, your water, you're coming up with a new strategy or battle plan. You're not giving up. What you're doing is you are reassessing the situation and trying to find a solution to that problem. Sometimes you gotta do that in life as well. And I feel like that's what I'm doing right now is I'm getting ready to break contact and I'm reassessing, I'm trying to figure out which way Uh, that I want to maneuver on the enemy, the enemy being life. Um, But the first step is understanding when you're overwhelmed and you have to break contact. You don't want to have an ego where you go, hey, we have to assault the objective. Sometimes you do. Sometimes, like when you're storming the beaches of Normandy, there is no cover me while I move I got you covered sometimes you just got to go for it right because the that's the only way you can do it and that circumstance is like hey uh, someone's dying of cancer and I need to have good health care and so even though my job sucks and this isn't what I want to do I get great insurance so I got to keep grinding it out right and so it might not work out in the end I might be miserable for the rest of my life but that's I have to keep doing this. Got it. There's times in our lives where we have to do that. But there's also times where we feel like we have to, but we really don't. We say, well, this person isn't dying of cancer, but they could. What happens if they do get it? And we talk ourselves out of taking chances and going for it. And we don't break contact and reconsider, we just sit there in a covered and concealed position with bullets flying over us and they're just thinking we can maintain that for the rest of our lives. And all I'm trying to do is I'm not trying to be cavalier, I'm not trying to sound like I'm smarter than everybody else out there, that somehow that playing it safe is stupid and that's what saps do, quite to the contrary. What I'm saying is I'm accountable for 100% of my life, no matter if I have victory and success or I have epic failure and it's disastrous. Nobody suffers but me. So if you put yourself in a position to take responsibility for moving forward, being stagnant or breaking contact, and you put yourself in a position to be able to, to, to do that, I don't think that you owe anybody anything, any explanation of why you're not playing it safe. I understand uh, because, like I said, I've, I've failed before. I've had many failures. And I know there's always people out there that can't wait to point it out that you failed at something got it but i also don't want to just uh, limp across the finish line just to do it because i do believe that this is my one life i don't i'm not a big believer in the afterlife i'm not a big believer in uh that uh yeah there's something after this and so How I live my life is for every second minute, hour, day, week, month, year, decade, lost, I don't get it back. Now, I've lost money, but I always say money problems are the best problems I have. Why? Because they're easily solvable. All you need is money. I mean, nobody gets cancer and it just is easily solvable. But there's people that are $10,000 in debt and all of a sudden a, an uncle dies and leaves him 50 grand and that problem solved. It happens all the time. Or you get a great job, you get a raise, you win the lottery, whatever. What I'm saying is money problems, out of all the problems to have, that's one of the best ones to have. Nobody wants it, but, you know, i rather have $50,000 in debt than uh, be like Stephen Hawking and paralyzed from the eyebrows down. So, you know, Time, I can't get back. Money, I can. And I want to know that if I spend three years building a business that ultimately fails, is that a waste? Yeah, Johnny, you waste a lot of money. You wasted three years of your life. You just said you can't get that time back. Well, what would I be doing if I wasn't trying to start that business? Is there something else that I can do for those three years that would be Uh, that would replace that, that would uh, give me the experience and knowledge um, that would give me that fulfillment. What can I do in those three years? Go on another deployment? Stay in the military? Build another career? Go to school? There's no other scenario right now that I can think of that is something that I feel like would give me that fulfillment. Not to mention if I was actually successful, what that fulfillment would feel like. Because even the worst case scenario is still something that I can look back on and say, I'm glad I gave it a go. Then it's worth it. So, you know, I'm definitely not the smartest guy in the world. And I would say the odds are against me of really ever achieving anything. But I also know that the odds have been against me my entire life. And I've built an entire life for myself and my wife and my two dogs with little little to no help. Now, everybody gets a little bit of help, but I'm, I really haven't got any financial help, you know. Uh, maybe a little bit because I have credit cards and I got a home loan and things like that. Not from family members, but, you know, thank God that there are systems in place that you can borrow money from strangers called banks. (laughs) So I can't take all the credit, but I definitely didn't get a handout from mommy and daddy or my sister my uncles and aunts or really anybody. So I'm extremely lucky, I guess, from how I started out. And through hard work and determination, I never thought that I would achieve what I've achieved right now. And there's a whole big list of things that I've also achieved that if I told you or put it on a resume, it would not be impressive and no one would be um, sitting there singing my praises going, oh, wow, look at this accomplished guy. No, it's, it's accomplishments that only the person that has done them would really be proud of them. But I know where I started and where I finished, and I also know how much work, and effort, and thought, and uh, and maybe facing my fears that went into those things, those endeavors that made me extremely proud that I did them. And so you always have to think about why are you doing what you're doing, and if you weren't doing that, what would you be? What could you be doing in its place? And so unless I come up with a better idea, I don't understand why I wouldn't. Because one day I'm going to be old, feeble, looking back at my life, and all I'm going to have is my memories. And what I don't want as my my biggest memory to be regret. I want it to be, hey, I went for it. I don't want to play it safe in all things. Sometimes, you know, you got to go for it. Last thing I'll say is, you know, when I joined the military in 2006, nobody, really nobody encouraged me. Everybody said I was stupid, especially for joining the infantry. They said, you're going to go to Iraq or Afghanistan. You're going to get killed. I didn't get a lot of support. All those same people are telling me I'm stupid now for getting out. (laughs) Irony, right? So I don't put a lot of stock in other people's opinions about my life. I do put a lot of stock into why I'm doing what I'm doing. Is it out of fear, desperation, ego? So it's important that you dive into those things and really understand the why. And if you can sleep at night Knowing that that why is valid, then go for it. There's a lot of things going on in this world. Like I said, you got Trump with the coronavirus, you got the coronavirus itself, you got the election coming up, you have a pandemic, or excuse me, all right, you know, how many times am I going to talk about the coronavirus? We have uh, BLM and riots and shootings and you know, struggling economy and unemployment. The list goes on and on. But sometimes we got to tone it back and just focus on ourselves and uh, buckle down and just block out some of that white noise. I love on this podcast talking about all that stuff, the absurdity of the world. But the other thing that this podcast is about is about personal growth And being introspective of myself and my own situation and understanding I'm here because of me. And if I want to be there instead of here, well, that's also because of me. Now I'm going to leave everybody with this um, adage from a Chinese philosopher. So in the year 500 BC, we'll say 400 BC, since 500 BC is, uh, you know, close to the inception of uh, Buddhism, but let's change it to to just a monk, a Chinese monk instead of a Buddhist monk, is sitting on the beach in China watching the sunset this villager recognizes that Chinese priest and runs up to him on the beach and says master he's a master of something (laughs) (laughs) kung fu (laughs) we'll say kung fu (laughs) he says master guy looks at him and is like motherfucker i'm looking at a goddamn some sun- sunset <laughs> trying to get my fucking sunset on yo okay oh back up <laughs> he says master i have a problem <laughs> sorry <laughs> okay i'm being serious okay master i have a problem and he says young man what is your problem and he goes <sighs> I don't know where to start. I lost my job. My crops have all died. I don't know how I'm gonna feed my family. And because I have no job and I have no food, my wife does not see me as a provider and she's going to leave me. My hut got hit by the hurricane the other day And I do not have the time, the money, or the will to rebuild it. And I have no home now. My wife is leaving me. My kids don't respect me. I don't know where my next meal is coming from. And I don't have a way to make money. Master, whatever shall I do? Master stares at the sunset. He gazes back at the man. And the master says, Young man, this too shall pass. And the man said, What? No, 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 no. I'm I got some problems here. I need I need some some of your wisdom of how I get past some of this stuff. And he says, Young man, young man, listen to me. This too shall pass. And then the guy's like, whatever, man. And he fucking runs away. He's pissed off. So, about three months go by. The Chinese monk, the master monk, (laughs) is sitting on the beach once again, watching the sunrise. The man sees the monk and runs up to him, extremely excited. And says, Master, <laughs> Master Monk, I got some great news. Great news. Not only did I build my house back, it is now stronger and bigger than I ever had it. I, I figured out some new construction methods and it's it's even more sturdy. And I met this new young lady, and her father is extremely wealthy and gave us an entire plot of land of extremely fertile, um, fertile soil that I was able to grow, just enormous crops. And this woman, she's now the love of my life. We got married. We're going to start a new family. And I started a new business with my fertile land. And I'm making more money. Than I ever made before. And I want to thank you. Because you gave me the hope. By letting me understand. That. It will get better. And the monk. Watches. As the sun rises. Looks back at the young man and says. Hmm. This too shall pass. Take what you will from that. But that story keeps me going because I know no matter what's happening in my life it's cyclical and it can't be good forever it can't be bad forever. And you just got to be strong and resilient through the bad times. And you got to be creative and capitalize on the good times to better prepare you for those bad times and so on and so forth. So take what you will from that. As always, thank you for listening. You could check me out on Twitter, afootpodcast.com. Feel free to share this with a friend. Like I said, there is no monetization there is no advertising I'm not saying I never will but it is not this is a this is a podcast for the people by the people and the best way to support my podcast is to just help it grow and the second way you could support my podcast is maybe give me some feedback hit me up on twitter foot podcast at twitter foot pa- F- uh, podcast a foot a foot podcast at gmail.com Write me a response. Leave me a comment. Let me know how I can improve this, um, what you like, what you don't like about this podcast. Maybe me burping into the microphone. But uh, thank you for your support. This is uh, a podcast I've been doing for a while now. And uh, I know I'm not very consistent with it. But hey, like I said, business endeavors. um Trust me, this is on the list of things to try to expand and grow. um, And I'm gonna keep on keeping on. So without further ado, thank you very much. And until next time, be kind to one another. Peace.